Welcome everyone to Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast. My name is Jim, and do you want to be on Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast? Maybe you're just listening at home and are like, I don't have a podcast or anything to promote, but wow, I'd wish I could talk about the Royal Rumble or a Royal Rumble match. Well, you can, because on the biggest day in pro wrestling in 2019, May 25th, we're holding an open call. For those unfamiliar, we had an open call in the past, before the show even began, I believe, and Jay, who was on our Royal Rumble 2013 episode, was able to make it in for a particular recording, so if you want your chance to be on a Royal Rumble episode, Follow me and Bill on social media, and then just reply to the open call on May 25th. One other thing, uh, I would like to apologize for the audio problem in this episode. It seems that the first 10 to 15 minutes are fine, but then you start hearing an echo. And unfortunately, that also affects the 1998 Royal Rumble, which we're doing on the next episode. So what happens is you hear the echo, and at first it's not terrible, but it does get worse as the audio uh, continues. I apologize to the guest and to all the listeners. I looked up ways to fix this. Uh, I have some theories, but unfortunately... I couldn't figure it out at all. So what's happening now is I am going to offer a make good to Brian and the guest for next time, Steve, on maybe a wrestling special that we can do. It wouldn't be a Royal Rumble because we try not to have repeat guests with exception of Rowdy Ross or if someone doesn't show up at the last minute. Um, So... Yeah, that's happening as well. So, unfortunately, there is audio problems on this episode and the next. However, in 2006 Royal Rumble, that problem is fixed. But unfortunately, I don't know how it was fixed. I have no idea why that audio came out okay. So, there it is. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast. I am your host, Bill, and Jim, this episode is got controversy in it for, well, we'll, we'll get into the controversy later, but uh, there was something that you wanted to bring up right now, so why don't we get into it? Well, two things. Number one, first, Bill, I'm going to kick your leg out of your leg, number one. <laughs> okay. Number two, in the last episode that we did with uh, Rowdy Ross, the, as I've called him, the biggest WWE apologist that I know, we did the episode, but we never really gave what our overall thoughts on the show were. I just want to take a few minutes, meaning the Rumble match of 2012. So before we do 1994, which is a very important show for this particular podcast, and we are an evaluation podcast looking at the inconsistencies of the Royal Rumble and their rules. Um, what did you think of 2012? You know, it was the first time I'd seen it in quite a while, and it didn't feel like a... It just felt like it was rushed, that match. 
and I think they were focusing more on the comedy than the actual storytelling of the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you could hear it in the commentary. You could see it in the participants. Um, the winner, with all due respect to Sheamus winning it, wasn't really the right choice to go over, but I understand, or, well, at least I respect what they did at the time. Um, it's not the best, but it's also not the worst. So it's sort of like in the middle. It's in limbo. Okay. For me, I thought it was terrible. Um, I mean, I think I think the, that episode, if people go back, we spent so much time not talking about the Rumble more than maybe any other episode, I think. Up to but our, fo- our focus was, like, thwarted a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Up, to, up to this point, I would agree with you. And I was trying to figure out, is this the worst Rumble that I've seen on this podcast so far? And because I, I go back and forth between that one and 2013, because that one was bad too. Oh, I remember that one like, was bad. <laughs> which is ironic because they're both one year within each other. Mm-hmm. That those were my two that I'm contemplating on. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to. I think I'm gonna go with so far in this podcast, not counting 1994, and I don't think it's gonna hit there. But I'll say 2012 will be the worst rumble that I've done on this podcast so far. All right. That, that's fair. I mean, you could go either way, and I don't think you'd have an argument from me, so... Because my problem with 2013 was mainly the announcers. Oh, yeah. If we change those up, I think, and put both on a level playing field of announcers, um, then I, I would probably... It would be more even, so to speak, to me yeah, at least. but as far as action goes, 12 is the worst. And we know who the problem was because theoretically it is the same announced team except for one key person. But, all right. So we do have a guest for this 1994 Royal Rumble. And, uh, Bill, why don't you introduce the guest? All right. Well, our guest this week on the show is a longtime wrestling fan and someone I've known for a long time, or at least it feels like a long time. Welcome to the show, Brian. Hey, everybody. Hey, Brian. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, like, uh, you know, what kind of, like, what promotions you follow and such like that. I mean, wrestling promotions, obviously. Well, um, I've been a wrestling fan uh, since 19, I'm going to say 1992. Mm-hmm. But I had an off period around after, ironically, after 1994 until uh, two, until 1998 or 1999. And I used to follow a WWF. I, I mean, I, I don't know if I should say entertainment because I don't really care that they call it that. I'm just going to call it WWF. I used to follow them until, I guess, 2012, I guess, at most. And then I, I currently follow a New Japan Pro Wrestling and Ring of Honor. Oh, very good. Um... When you were told that you're going to have this Royal Rumble, without going too far into it, because obviously we'll go get into the actual match itself, what were your initial thoughts? Did you remember this? Did you remember liking it, hating it, indifferent, or not even remember at all? Okay, the, this is an interesting story, because I remember I had a friend who was into wrestling too, who didn't live too far from where I lived at the time. So I would just walk... 
I would when we there was pay per view, I would walk over to his house, which was like behind a couple of the houses, and it was and watch it. I unfortunately I never since it was a school day I was told to come back home after a certain period, so I missed half much of it until mm. I didn't until I watched it on like WWF superstars. Okay, or if someone and, told me. Right, sure, sure. Uh, Bill, what about you? What were your initial thoughts going into this one? Now, it's important for our podcast because we did 88 to 93 in order mm-hmm. at the beginning, and then 93 is where, after that, we mm-hmm. are now going through various shows in different order because after 93 is when they start the, or 93 is where they start the winner gets a shot at the championship at WrestleMania. Right. Mm-hmm. Um... I remember I was I was pumped for this one because it it was a Saturday night which was very rare. I don't think I think this might be the last like Saturday pay per view they have done since. You know if if you're excluding yeah. the current you know NXT takeovers, which I am in this case. I would. Um, but no, it was like you had the you know you had actually some. Decent stories going into this, which we'll get into in a moment. And I think also the fact that the world title was going to be in this match that I don't think had been seen before, or if it had, it was a different name. So it was, you know, it caught my attention. I was very interested in this event. Um,. So, let's talk about what, or Bill, give us the rundown of what was going on in the WWE, or WWF, whatever, you, if you're Brian. Um, <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll stick with WWF, don't worry. Uh, and other promotions, let's okay. go with a roll call of champions. Alright, oh, oh well, okay, we'll do the roll, roll call. Do both, let's kill them off. Yeah, let's kill them <laughs> off. Okay, so the roll call at this time, going into the Royal Rumble. Yokozuna is the WWF champion. Razor Ramon is the Intercontinental champion. Mm-hmm. The Quebecers had just won back the tag team titles five days before the Royal Rumble. They had lost it the previous week on an episode of Monday Night Raw. And the women's division is back at this time. Alundra Blaze is the current women's champion. Meanwhile, in WCW, the world heavyweight champion is, yes, you guessed it, Ric Flair. Again. <laughs> this is like the fifth time I think we've mentioned him as world champion. I think we might have to go back to this when we reach towards the end of this 50-episode uh, project and see how many times Ric Flair was the champion <laughs> when we said this. Ric Flair, Ric Flair, Ric Flair. <laughs> uh, yeah. The the United States champion is Steve Austin. The world television champion is Lord Steven Regal. And the WCW tag team champions are the Nasty Boys. Mm. And at ECW, the current ECW champion is Terry Funk. The current television champion is Sabu. And the current champions are... Kevin Sullivan and the Tasmaniac. Oh yeah. So wow. those that's the roll call of champions. As far as the stories going into the Royal Rumble, the 
there are some interesting stories. Lex Luger had basically petitioned to be a part of the Royal Rumble since he had his one title shot against Yokozuna and did not win the title. At SummerSlam. Yeah, at SummerSlam. So Jack Tunney's like, okay, I will let you in the Royal Rumble. So Mr. Fuji hires some quote-unquote assassins to try to get rid of Lex Luger. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Yokozuna is scared of caskets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Um, so he is deathly afraid of caskets going into his championship match against The Undertaker. And there is some trouble within the Hart family, Brett and Owen, which started at the Survivor Series. They had gotten it back together during the holidays, and well, we'll see what happens with the Hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I would like to. I think the more appropriate word for Luger is he was campaigning for a title shot. Oh yes, I remember the the Lex, the Lex, the Lex Express. I'm just I just first I was like first I was amazed, but now I look back and I'm like eh. Meh. <laughs> Bill, can you uh, can you give me some lyrics from "I'll Be Your Hero"? Oh no! Uh, what does it take to be a man? Uh, what does it take to be a hero? I actually think you have that reversed. Yeah, I think I do have. <clears> I think I was it take to be a hero. Was it take to be a man? Uh, something about guy, guy. Yeah, looking down on my little boy's eyes. Yes. And all I see is love, and I realize. Yeah, I'll be your hero. <laughs> Why can't we bring this back and not... It sounded like Michael Bolton singing it. It does. It did. I'm just like, yes. Michael Bolton. Uh, no offense to people who like Michael Bolton, but I... This was a... I, as a uh, 10-year-old, 11-year-old, I was like, Michael Bolton, blah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all, all I'm going to say is, why, why can't we bring this song back and not... With my baby tonight. Wait, why? Why can't we bring this one back? Yeah, why can't we bring this? Yeah, one sure. Back? Why not? I mean, I feel like someone else can campaign for a title shot. Let's bring it back. No, I mean, I'll take. Bring, we don't have to bring the Lex Express back, but we could bring back the song. I mean, I wouldn't mind having a wrestler go on a bus and go on tour. That would be all right. <coughs> um, Bill, what? <laughs> We know that there's some pre-interviews, which we'll get to in a bit. Mm-hmm. But the other than that, there's not much else that, in terms of segments before the Rumble, that would affect the Rumble, if I'm not mistaken. Other than like the Brett stuff, right? right. Other than the Brett mm-hmm. stuff, yeah, there's really no segment not- before the Rumble. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about the Brett stuff because even though that's usually reserved for the segment where within our rumble discussion of uh you know things that happen throughout the rest of the show that the brett stuff directly affects the rumble so why don't you give a rundown of what happened with that okay so the hearts are facing the quebecers for the tag team titles it could have been the hearts against what the one two three kid and marty Jannetty. yeah it could have <laughs> they probably were like yeah Damn, we should have we should have had Marty and the kid. Um, but during the match, Brett's leg gets injured, and you know he's doing 
a lot of stuff on his own, you know, and Owen is pleading with him to make the tag. And Brett is, like, when he gets close, either he gets pulled away by Jacques and Pierre, or he just goes at it by himself, and it gets to the point where the referee is like, okay, look, I'm just stopping this. This can't go anymore. I mean, you're about to die. You're about to lose a leg. So, we're stopping the match. So, after the match, Owen is irate, as he should. Yeah. And he's like, why did you make the tag? Why did you make the tag? Because you're too damn selfish. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he's... And in probably one of the more underrated heel turns, now that I think about it, Owen kicks Brett in the leg, the bad leg. Mm-hmm. And it was, oh, now that I think about it, it was pulled yeah. off fantastically. Oh, yes, I remember. I was just, me just sitting there, I'm just like, my friends and I were just, just gasping like, oh, no, 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 this can't be happening. And all the while, both of them still were competing in the Royal Rumble match later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which leads into Brett going on the stretcher. And then they have a really good shot of, like, Brett being stretchered out while Owen gives the, you know, all you have to do is make the tag on the big video screen. Which, looking back, it was really funny because, like, it is a super slow ride on that stretcher. So that way they can have that shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and Owen has saliva on the side of his face yeah. while he's doing the post interview, <laughs> and that's where he says, "Yeah, you know, I think where he says that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg or something like that." So we don't even know at that point. We didn't even know if Brett was making it in, right? And already I'm saying to myself, I'm already more about this whole era than I am with what we did on the last episode 2012 oh god yeah because there's a story here you have a story guys the new generation better than the 2010s just saying i will agree with that um but i think that's pretty much it other than the fact that i it should be noted i guess you know one two three kid and marty Jannetty lost the tag team titles but they don't even get to be in the royal rumble well one of them does Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're right. What yeah, is, Mark- well, I'm the kid. That's why I guess why I meant to be asking. Yeah. You. He got injured, I think, in that show. That Because like, if I remember correctly, that was the same show where they had the New York Rumble. Okay. And yeah. he got hurt during the match. So because of that, he ends up being pulled out of the Rumble. Wow, okay. I didn't think I even knew that. It was like an a- ankle injury. Yeah, So, and we're going to have some substitutions in here. This Royal oh. Rumble, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say this now. Like, finding out the last couple years, there are some stories that, when we talk about it, you guys are going to be either in disbelief, in shock, in awe, whatever. Because there's, there's some weird stuff that I've heard in the past about this particular Rumble. Great. That, you know... Might make you scratch your head. Hmm. I'll probably scratch my head anyway. You usually do. So I wonder if it'll be as extreme as uh, when we did the Greatest Royal Rumble, and you told me that 
that guy Babu Tunde oh, yeah. was in there because they wanted Yokozuna. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know if anything really can beat that that bar, but we'll find out, I suppose. I don't think so. All right, so let's see. So we have our announcers are Vince McMahon and Ted DiBiase. Yeah, that this was a surprise because uh, because Bobby the Brain Heenan had left for WCW at this point, right? Yes. Yeah. And Jerry the King Lawler at the time was not was somewhere else doing what Lord he knows was, what else. He was going through a, a court thing because he had had sex with an underage girl. Right. Yes. I now I remember that. Yeah, because he was in the year before. Mm-hmm. With his was was that the year he had the terrible getup? Yeah. Okay, that's right. So yeah, it's weird. I didn't even think that he was even around at this point, but he was. All right. Um, and also, I believe he was still handling if they were around at this point the USWA. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a thing where he's like a twenty-nine-time world champion or something yeah, like that. I, I think we've had that discussion before. Right. Um, this is the first Royal Rumble that we're covering in the time. If you're going to go in chronological order, it's 90 second intervals Mm -hmm. because of Jack Tunney. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that, Bill? This was the one that started that broke up the two minute rule. You know, it's when we, we talked about it with 92, how the whole, the winner gets something was a big experiment. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say the 90-second rule is as big as that, but this is a big change. Yeah. Because the match is going to go quicker. The, you know, you're going to have that gap of less time, you know, in between, which can make it good and can make it bad, depending on what you look at it as. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, can the match be good being sp- you know, sped up, or can it be made bad? Yeah. And I think that's on a case-by-case scenario, especially what we've done on this show. Um, All right, so I think we're about, unless, uh, Brian, you have something to add, we're going to start with the Rumble. Okay. Um, Yeah, I just said, this is the last um, pay-per-view, WWF pay-per-view I watched in, as of when I was in middle school. So it was sort of just at this point, I was just unsure, like what's going on. Mm-hmm. What, and, in regards to what? What do you mean? Oh, uh, and just basically in wrestling, because a lot of at the time I started rest, I watched it. They had hope. Well, I knew Hogan was some people. Somebody told me Hogan went to WCW, and Piper was nowhere to be found, and some of the guys I kind of watched in that early period are gone. Right. Okay. Yeah, I can definitely see people where if you were an 80s fan, which, again, I will say that I was not an 80s fan, um, I actually probably got into it really around this time, 93, 94-ish. Um, I can see, though, why people, why fans might be like, oh, well, we're used to like that era of wrestling, and this is different, I don't know how I feel about it. I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Okay, let's start. All right. And because we are at 90 second intervals, each group of five is going to be every seven and a half minutes. So, Oh, actually, we forgot about pre-match promos. Oh, the promos, yeah. I didn't really get anything from them, to be honest with you. Uh, Not really. I mean, Savage is like, 
I'm going to crush Crush and I'm going to be a three-time champion. Um, Doink is promised... It's like he's saying to Dink, if we win, we'll get the championship match. It's almost like he's promising a, a sick hit. He's going to hit a home run. Yeah, I did not like uh, Doink at this period. The Yeah, these promos, with probably the exception of Sean, are not that good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, very forgettable, which I was a little disappointed in. Yeah. If anything, I remember it more for that the transition going into these promos was weird as hell because mm-hmm. it went from The Undertaker dying to, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to talk about that, that later on in uh, this episode. Oh, God. That, uh. All right, let's just get into it. Yeah. So, like I said... Uh, every 90 seconds, so for the group of five that we do, it will be every seven and a half minutes. So let's get going. Entries one through five, one Scott Steiner, two Samu, three Rick Steiner, four Quang, and five Owen Hart. And I have during this segment eliminated Samu and Rick Steiner. And to start the discussion, let's start it off with Bill. Okay, first thing that I noted right away was the Fink saying instead of every 90 seconds, which is what we did, he says every or after another one and a half minutes thereafter. So that was my first <laughs> note. I didn't catch that at all. All right. Uh, Scott Steiner looks pissed being number one. Isn't he always pissed? That's the no. point. <laughs> And then Vince even says during Samu's entrance that given time constraints, the timed intervals are 90 seconds. And so they're saying that they're saying that one of their matches went long in, in a storyline so, yeah. standpoint, yeah. it sounds like. I wonder which one was the longest match. Um, Undertaker and Yokozuna. Uh, I'll, I'll it. it took, yeah, it took like... Seven, 17 people to make that match even longer than it usually is. Um, Owen Hart was now being booed, which, you know, at the beginning yeah. of the night, he was a good guy. Now he's bad, and everyone hates him. Uh, Brian, what do you have for this segment? Okay, I kind of, I looked it over. I actually had to watch it again because I didn't remember much of it. So I do, I was looking at Scott Steiner and yeah, he's always looks pissed. And I thought I prefer this version over the big Papa pump that would come with you. And, and during the, when Samu got eliminated, his head got caught in the ropes. I thought that that has got to hurt. We also, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm thinking it's like Quang was, uh, is Savio Vega later on. Yeah. And this is what always makes me wonder about that not when they throw out those numbers for the Royal Rumble and say how many participants have been in. And I'm like, okay, so with Savio and Quang, are you counting them as two or one? What's the deal, guys? But again, that's something I don't think I don't think that's an aspect that we're going to try to figure out on on our project here. Yeah. Uh, Quang sprayed Rick with mist. And I liked it because it's a good reason why the Steiners don't get an upper hand when they kind of have, like, both of them in there, so they should team up. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty good. Um, Bill, I don't. It's not much happens on this segment. Do you want to get into your uh, your, uh, your the rest of the card real quick? Yeah, let's get into the rest of All the right. card. 
Okay, so uh, we had a dark match. Uh, mm-hmm. The Brooklyn Brawler actually gets a win. Wow. Of course, it's a dark match, though. Uh, he defeats Jim Powers. Tonight. What a match. <laughs> <laughs> We're already to a hot start. Uh, Tatanka defeated Bam Bam Bigelow. As we mentioned earlier, the Quebecers beat Bret Hart and Owen Hart to stay the tag champs. Razor Ramon defeated IRS to stay the Intercontinental Champion. And Yokozuna defeated The Undertaker in a casket match to stay the WWF Champion. Mm-hmm. And Billy, you have a story to go with Yokozuna and The Undertaker, so oh, why yes. are you take it away? Because we have plenty of time to discuss this. <laughs> so I watched this event live as it happened. As did I. With my family. So Undertaker's beat, they lock up the casket. And, you know, they're walking away. So, then you get the part where the arena goes to black. And then you see The Undertaker. He's dead. And then he wakes up. And it's sort of like my first holy shit kind of moment. And that literally scared me. (laughs) So, after the show is over, I go to bed. I cannot go to bed that night. <laughs> I mean, it scared the bejesus out of me. And then, the worst part of it all, because I I had the bunk bed sleeping arrangement. Um, I had the top bunk. Here's uh, the... I'm looking at the cover of Pro Wrestling Illustrated Magazine. And damn it, The Undertaker is on the cover of the magazine. <laughs> it's like, no! Get away from me! It's like he was say, say, give, sending his own message to you. Yes. I'm coming for you, Bill. Ah! <laughs> you will not sleep until I, The Undertaker, Rest deem in. you worthy to sleep. Gong! <laughs> exactly. This is your life now, Bill. Actually, I feel like the Undertaker would. I feel like the Undertaker would call you William. Actually, he, he might like, have the un- William. This is the Undertaker. <laughs> I yeah, I saw this. I, as I said, I saw this on a friend's house on, for pay per view, and I just was shocked that everyone is like coming out like, "Why isn't anyone helping the Undertaker? What's going on?" And then he does the turn. I didn't have a. I did jump. I didn't have a holy shit moment like you did, though. <laughs> I did jump. And I just like that. I will not rest in peace. Oh, it's a good promo. Don't get me wrong. And there's smoke coming out. I just love the fact that it was like, uh, literally it's, uh, probably 10 people, I think. Literally. Yeah. But I know the biggest criticism with that is is kind of what one of you just said is like, well, why isn't anyone coming to help him out? And like, I actually always looked at it like no one's helping him because number one, the Royal Rumble's next, and most of them are getting ready for this. I know I sure as hell probably wouldn't be like, why am I going to go out and injure myself to help the this guy? Like, it's not like he's a friend to anyone back there. Mm-hmm. I kind of get it. Like, like people criticize that about this match, but I, in general, like I'm, I'm, there's no motivation for really anyone to go out to help him. If we're being honest, the only one that would maybe help him is Luger because he was supposed to be the all-American good guy. But 
We'll find out later on something happens to him in the back. But it's like between him waking up and in that zoom in at the end of the promo, that just scared the eight-year-old me for like the rest of the night and probably for a week. William, I will be in your dreams <laughs> forever Oh, Lord. <laughs> Every time Bill goes to sleep, it's just... Five, eight, there we go. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All right. So, after that bedtime story, six through ten, six is Bart Gunn, seven, Diesel, eight, Bob Backlund, nine, Billy Gunn, and ten, Virgil. I have during this segment... Eliminated Bart Gunn, Scott Steiner, Owen Hart, Quang, Backlund, Billy Gunn, and Virgil. And uh, Brian, you can start off the discussion on this one. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, during this, I just, I, when I saw, when I was watching this, I was just blown away how everybody kept getting eliminated by Diesel. I'm like, guy comes in, they fight, beat up, over the ropes he goes. And then another guy runs in. Grabs him over the ropes, and so forth and so forth. And I'm just like, what? I'm like, oh my god, this is, this is probably a sign that they they're wanting him to be the next big thing. Hmm. Bill, I had for this that this is where we're told that Luger is attacked in the back. Right. At nine forty nine Eastern Standard Time. Yes. With with our Casio clock. <laughs> which we have during the countdown it's Casio Casio's good <laughs> one of the sponsors um, I actually had down here Luger got Pearl Harbored by Japanese wow Ouch. <laughs> I mean it makes sense he's the American hero oh, and he's yeah. getting his butt beat by the Japanese so <laughs> Apologies uh, to our World War II veterans. As, you, as you're laughing about the apology. <laughs> yes, what, what a heartfelt apology that was. Yeah. But one thing I noted is uh, Owen Hart out already, so I'm like, he was a bit, he's now a bad guy, but they didn't really want to give him any momentum in this match. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> I almost thought Owen was going to throw a tantrum after he got, got eliminated. Yeah, I agree. It looked like it. Um, is this the only time, Bill, in the history of this podcast that someone comes in and eliminates everyone in his segment? Meaning Diesel eliminated Bart Gunn, Bob Backlund, Billy Gunn, and Virgil. I believe so. Has to be, I think. Has to be. Because uh, at first I was thinking of DiBiase from 90, but... He didn't eliminate Roberts, and Savage came in, so that wouldn't have counted. I, mm -hmm. I think you're right. This may be a first. I think so. Um, so apparently, Virgil is a substitute, Bill. Yeah, uh, this is where we get our substitutes. Now, I forgot to mention in the previous uh, segment, Quang was a substitute. He was a substitute for Ludwig Borga, who had an injured ankle. And he yeah, was yeah. supposed to face Tatanka at the Rumble, and Bam Bam ended up being the substitute there. Virgil ends up being an alternate for Kamala. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and 
we get this great like dialogue from Ted DiBiase about how yeah, Virgil I know. has oh, always yeah. been a, an alternate, and I wrote down Virgil is an alternate in life. Wow, that's rough. That's yeah, that's harsh. <laughs> but, yeah, but it kind of is true. Bill, he's the thirty-first man. I know. I know. You know this whole segment is giving like callbacks to like previous episodes. The thirty-first man. Bob Backlund being the hero just one year prior. Oh, oh, Jim. Yeah. How old is Bob Backlund? <laughs> you know what? Even though we always say this, I always forget. Now, I okay, I think this time he's 44. Well, he has to be. It's exactly a year later. His right. birthday would have come and gone unless he's a leap year baby. Then, I don't know. We'd have to look into that. He's been 43 for the last 20 years. <laughs> uh, what else do I have here? Um, no, I mean, I have Virgil's the 31st man. What else do you have, Bill? Uh, <laughs> I actually noticed this. The camera zooms away when Billy Gunn enters the match. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, Billy, you can't catch a break. Um, yeah. Okay, now, while, cause while we have some time, and I want to see if either one of you remember this, because they do mention it at some point during the match. And it's not on, I, I doubt it's on the DVD of this, and it wasn't on the network for this. Okay. They had a Royal Rumble hotline. Sure. I, I remember the Royal Rumble hotline. A little bit. The big thing with that is that you call the hotline, and you get to talk to the next person that's about to enter before they get to the ring. That's right. <laughs> Forgot about that part, though. Boy, you talk about spoiling stuff. I mean, you're you are paying for permitted on a spoiler. You are, and, and I and I can I guarantee you, it's not like you got on the phone and they were like, "It's Billy Gunn," which actually is going to lead me to something that I want to read briefly. I'm not going to read the sure. whole paragraph, but I want to read this. Um, Dave Meltzer wrote a review of the Royal Rumble, you know, the the week after. Okay. He called this the sleaziest pay-per-view in history. Now, this is in 94. This is 94. Although the trend it started is likely to continue from both promotions. While plugging the 900 line during big shows has been going on for years in both WWF and WCW, this was the first show where it appeared the main emphasis after simply getting pardon me, the customer's money was to then get as much money as possible before the end of the show, and then work a main event finish designed mainly to lead, oh, pardon me, lead to the latest phone scam of the week. Whether it was desperation or greed, it reeked of both. It's one thing to give the viewer at home a chance to hear something they can't, i.e., exclusive interviews, or a unless they pay extra to, re- or yeah, a chance to talk to the star by paying extra. It is another to withhold key storyline information unless they pay extra to receive it. It is yet another to tell viewers they can vote for something and that their vote is part of an election to determine how the storyline is written when, in fact, the vote has no determination as to a storyline that had already been written well before anyone asked them to vote. Mm. And etc. etc. And it also brings me back to that, I don't remember which row, but it's probably around this era too where they had people call in to vote on Shawn Michaels was suspended mm-hmm. and they're calling in to vote. Should Jack, Jack Tony bring Shawn Michaels back? 
I loved it. It was like an overwhelming no. I think it was like like a like eighty something percent. And I'm like, you got to bring him back. <laughs> I never really got into those phone call hotlines. All right. So that was the timer. Uh, so we will go through or go to eleven through fifteen. 11 is Randy Savage, 12 Jeff Jarrett, 13 Crush, 14 Doink, and 15 Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, and I have in this segment eliminated Jarrett, Savage, and Doink. Uh, we're going to start the discussion with Bill. Um, Savage still gets a huge pop. Yeah, he did. This time. And I know the argument for a lot of people especially today, is how, why is Savage not used as much, um, you know, during this time when he's doing commentary, and he can still wrestle, which is true, he can still wrestle at this point in time. But I think, and this is something I've always thought about with Vince, he might know something about some of these wrestlers as far as injuries are concerned, and that's why he never lets them wrestle. Mm-hmm. How do you? What do you think, Brian, about the Savage and where he is right now at this point in his career? Yeah, I. At first, I thought he would. When he was a commentator, I thought he had was taking his retirement match after, after the Ultimate Warrior seriously until. He fought Shake the Snake Roberts, and then he came back, and I was, I was thrilled. Sure, because he's one of the guys from you know the big names from the '80s, so I can absolutely see that. Yeah. <coughs> um, I have doing this segment is Savage. Savage's elimination is an afterthought. I mean, they didn't make a big deal at all about it. No, they didn't. He was just kind of like laid out. And what I mean by laid out, not like they knocked him out, but when they eliminated him, there was like no effort. I forgot even who did it, to be honest with you. Uh, it was Crush. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, they were in a feud at the time. And then, Brian, would you like to uh, discuss what I'm sure, since I know he didn't like him, the, the antics of Doink? Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Well, at the, at the time... I was freaked out by Doink when he came out as a heel. Then as a face, I was kind of unsure, and I just let it be. And now I prefer the heel Doink over the face Doink. I just, it just made – I was talking to my – I was telling my girlfriend, uh, Mary, and about this, and she actually agrees with me. And she doesn't really watch wrestling at all. Well, she watched, watched some with me. And she thought that would have made a better – a better, a better character, character as a heel, heel, heel clown, clown, villain clown. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't really care, and I was kind of glad that he got eliminated easily. He, yeah, he pretty much got eliminated easily. He laughed at Crush and Diesel. He sprayed water from his flower on both of them. But eventually he, uh, you know, Bam Bam came out, and Bam Bam and Doink were... Uh, feuding on and off again at that point, I believe. Yeah. Uh, although, now I'm confused, though. Wait a minute. Because you said earlier, Bill, Bam Bam fought Tatanka 
Yes. Oh, because Bam Bam was a substitute for Ludwig right. Borga. Right. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay, I'm just so confused. Too many substitutions, guys. Yeah. And this is actually Bam Bam Bigelow's only Rumble appearance from I, I read on a website. That is surprising. Yeah. yeah. He never, to he a never degree, appeared in surprising. any other Rumbles, even later down the road before he passed away, I think in the 2000s. Well, after... Did he come back at all to WWE after after leaving? I don't think so. Don't think so. He went to uh, ECW. Then he, I think, he went to Japan and then went to WCW as well. But I think he between ECW and WCW, he pretty much stayed on the independent circuit. I mean, yeah, he had to have a hand in that Goldberg loss. Mm. That's what I remembered him in WCW for. And the hardcore matches. I remember him being in a couple of hardcore matches. I remember him for his brief cameo in that awesome movie, Major Pain. I never saw it. I don't. That, that's a funny movie. I don't think I even know it. Wow. Okay. It stars one of the Wayne brothers. Okay. I, I want to say it's Keenan, but I could be wrong. And he goes to like this military school for kids like behavior or trouble kids and he's just a lunatic mm-hmm. he, he's crazy but he also has like a heart of gold in a way so there's this one scene where the kids gather up their money and they call this guy to take out major pain well the guy happens to be bam bam bigelow but he's mm. not bam bam bigelow in oh what is he please tell me they came up with a great name for him i Oh my god, I don't remember if they gave him a name. Well, uh, name we could just give him a name. Um uh, Afterburner. Uh, Afterburner? Okay. Oh I like it. It just says Scott Bigelow as a biker. I thought you were gonna say Scott Bigelow male gigolo. <laughs> oh, that would be so, <laughs> so, he goes, so he goes to fight and Major Payne beats him up. And we never see him again in the movie. So he won. He went out a winner in this movie. No, Bigelow <laughs> lost the fight. Oh, so oh, he, he's major pain. Bigelow's major pain, and he no, he lost. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm so One confused. One of the Wayans. Oh, it's Damon Wayans. Okay, Damon Wayans is major pain. Okay. Oh, and he fights Bigelow. Okay. Right. Uh, how many stars do you think Melser would give the the fight? About one and a half. Not that bad. Wow. All right. <sighs> Sad. Brian, you have anything else for this segment? Uh, let's see. Uh, well, I was writing down uh, for the uh, Jeff Jarrett get. I was hoping when he's trying to climb up to the top of like someone pushed him off. Push him off. Nick <laughs> <laughs> oh, was all about Jerry. He's like, he wants to go to WrestleMania. He wants to go. Make his name in country music. He was like all about, and Jared didn't last that long, really. I I wrote finish the elimination, Jeff. <laughs> oh yeah, when he does the strut. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I, like what is wrong with you? Just guy didn't. The guy wasn't eliminated. Look behind you. Yep, you gotta finish off the job. Then he then he gets eliminated. I'm like, and I'm like, dumbass. <laughs> Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, 
All right, so now we go to 16 through 20. 16 is Mabel, 17, Thurman, Sparky Plug, 18, Shawn Michaels, 19, Moe, and 20, Greg Valentine. And during this segment, I have eliminated Diesel. And to start the discussion off, Bill, we'll start it with you. It's that rising star, Sparky Plug. Um, this is to be fair, I do like him more as the race car driver. Now, this is actually the third substitution. This is the last substitution. So he substitutes for the one, two, three kid. Okay. I am surprised when Diesel is finally eliminated. At first, there is no reaction. Hmm. Elimination. Good point. And then as he's walking away, that's when the people start giving him a round of applause. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I'm, I prefer the race car driver over what he would become, personally. Uh, there was a Diesel Michael stare down. Because mm-hmm. they, they kind of were building that up for, for a bit. Uh, there's, I'm going to wait on this one. I'm going to let Brian chime in here but there's something very major i want to bring up during this segment okay i don't think brian's gonna bring it up though but go ahead okay when <laughs> comes out and there's they're doing this that everyone's doing the whoop there it is <laughs> oh, God, I, I haven't heard that in years and yeah i i admit it i was when i was younger i liked men on a mission now i don't i i still like him I, it's actually funny you bring them up, Brian, because I had a note here when Mo comes out. I wrote, "Where's Oscar?" Because he went <laughs> yeah. out with Mabel. Why can't you go out with the other member of the team? I didn't even know that. That's so funny. You're, you're M O M. You're men on a mission. Mom. Yeah. Your mom. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that same thing. Oscar, Mabel, and Mo. Yo, we in the house and we ready. So that's all I remember. All right. All right. So at one point, it took, we mentioned it a little bit. Everyone goes to eliminate Diesel, mm-hmm. and then McMahon, you know, points out like everyone. Shawn Michaels helped him. I disagree. If you watch that very closely, I don't see how any how any how Michaels had any hand in that elimination. From where he's standing, he is too far away. So. I know that I've been keeping track of the Shawn Michaels, Kane, and Undertaker eliminations. Uh, this will not be counted for Shawn Michaels. I refuse to. All right. Because it's that is probably that's one of those things that I could see people saying. Well, WWE said Shawn Michaels eliminated him, even though he really didn't. So that was this was that was very noticeable on my part. Um, I don't know if either of you two took enough notice of that to agree or disagree with where his, he was standing. <laughs> how the elimination went down. Oh yeah, he was far away. He couldn't did see it. <laughs> like yeah, like the camera was away to where you could not see him get you know touching him if he did. Couldn't even have touched his foot if you want if you want to go that route. It's so weird that they, like I know that that's the story that you know like oh well, Shawn Michaels turned on his. His friend, but someone botched it up, whether it was Michaels. I mean, it had to be Michaels. He wasn't at the spot. Right. I was gonna, just going to say, who else could it be? That's very true. 
a mysterious uh, man. So at this point also, or maybe it's already started, now we're questioning if Luger's going to be in the match because of the attack. Um, we already are unsure about Hart. So, I mean, so far, like, there's so many weird, there's a lot of weirdness in this Rumble, like, as far as the actual participants. Mm-hmm. The weirdest one, I think, coming in the next segment. Um, how did you guys, like, react when you saw Greg Valentine? I was just like, who? <laughs> um, I don't think I really gave much of a thought to it at the time. But now looking back at it, it was a little weird. But Valentine did have a good performance in the Rumble that one year. Yeah, where it went like almost 50 minutes. Was it 88 or 89? I feel like it was maybe... It was eight... nine, 91. Was it 91? Huh. Yeah, that was, oh, yeah, that was the one where Bret Hart sticks his thumb up Valentine's oh, yeah. ass. <laughs> That's right. I'm all about it. What? If you go yeah, back I to... missed uh... that too, Brian. Don't worry. So I'll just say it real quick, even though people can listen to it in detail on 1991 episode of the show. Um, at one point, Bret Hart goes to eliminate Greg Valentine the way he has him positioned. His... His thumb is up Greg Valentine's ass. There's, there's no way that you can convince me that it isn't. If you watch back and you look for it, there's one point, and it's early in the match. I mean, are they one and two? And I think it happens within the first two people. Yeah, it's early. It's early, so you don't have to go and look for it. It's easy to find when you when you know what to look for. Right. Um. But okay, so Bill, do you have anything else for this segment? Oh, no, actually, that's all I had. This it, That was about it. I mean, because the big thing was Mike Diesel. That was like the, the big thing that they were leading up and up to mm-hmm. at this point. I mean, do you want to talk about what your favorite uh, mo moment is? <laughs> oh, wait, a moment? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I had to pick one, oh uh, yeah, your favorite moment. Yeah, my favorite moment <laughs> would have to be him reading the coronation of Mabel as king. Hmm. And Philadelphia is just throwing trash left and right, sharing ECW and all that. Yep. Brian, what about you? What's your favorite moment? <laughs> Guess when he gets eliminated. <laughs> oh wait, wait! I have a better one. I have a better one. He tries to interfere in one of the Royal Rumbles with which Mabel was in, and he was Sir Mo. I think that would be ninety. I want to say ninety-five or ninety. Ninety-five. It was ninety-five, and everyone beats him up and <laughs> him out, and he wasn't even in the Rumble. I don't even remember this, but now I'm looking forward to that moment when we get to it. On um, whatever, what did you say it was nine? All right. Uh, 21 through 25, 21 Tatanka, 22 The Great Kabuki, 23 Lex Luger, 24 Tenru, and 25 Never Comes Out. And I have, during this segment, eliminated Mabel and Kabuki. I will start off the discussion with this one. At one point, McMahon makes a big deal 
of Shawn Michaels hitting Mabel. And, like, he goes, hey, cold clocked Mabel, and Mabel's going to remember that. Nothing really comes of that, though. I don't even know if Mabel even gets even one hit on Michaels before Mabel's eliminated. Probably uh, not. And I think, and this is, I think this is another, um, everyone gangs up to get the big guy out. And, of course, in his moment of the night, <laughs> no, nowhere to be seen to help poor Mabel. Nope. <laughs> well, it's every man for himself. I like yeah, that. I, I hope Moe's in more. Well, I know he's in at least one more Royal Rumble, but I hope he's in more than one more so I can have more moments for him. <laughs> Luger comes out like he was never attacked at 9.49 p.m. Eastern yeah. Standard Time. I know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, he recovers very quickly. <laughs> and, Bill, I'm going to transition this next thing I have it to you next. Um... So, if I called the soup, the Royal Rumble line, what would I have gotten if I was calling for number 25? Uh, you probably would have gotten Stanley talking for a minute and a half. Hi, true believers. Excelsior. <laughs> Hi, I'm Stanley. Remember me from the Midnight Express? You know, Neither does Vince. Sorry, wrong, sorry, wrong Stanley. <laughs> Oh, God. You know, the more I think about it, like, I would love... I, I, I would like to think that they have this, but I can see easy reasoning why they would not have this as part of their history. If WWE put on the WWE Network everything that was on the hotline, the audio of it, like, what things sounded like for every event... I, I want to go. I, I want to. Okay, I want to take that and I want to raise it. Okay. Because this is the time where we have radio WWE. <laughs> I want to have the audio clip from radio WWF of this pay per view. <laughs> that would be amazing. Who did radio WWF for this show? Do you know? Uh, Jim Ross and Gorilla Monsoon. Ah, that sounds like a good team. Yeah, I would love to hear that. Uh, Brian, what do you have for this segment? Okay, and I would later. I wrote on my notes when Great Kabuki comes out. I thought didn't realize he was in WWF at the time because I missed that the part where Mr. Fuji hired people to beat up Luger. So I didn't learn about that until I got I borrowed I bought in a WWF encyclopedia. And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, he was in it. Like, I remember he's saying something of that. Yeah, I think this was but, a one-off. Yeah. And ironically, he came back last year or the year before in New Japan for that their, like, Battle Royal or something. Really? That's cool. I had no idea. Um, I feel like, so, yeah, they, they're the hired guns. And I'm going to have more to say about that on the next segment. But, Bill, with all these substitutions, why did no one come out at number 25? Well, the person that would have been number 25, I guess we can we could say that now, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Would have been Bastion Booger. Okay. And we find out later the reason he didn't come out is because he got sick. 
I mean, with with food related sickness, food related, food poisoning. Yeah, like, like, like it was a storyline, basically. I think. Okay. I mean, no way in real life he would have missed this. Right. I'm sad now because I have just been robbed. Of my only chance to talk about Bastion Booger in a royal oh. I feel betrayed and robbed. I'm the Booger Man. Oh, dear Lord. I actually wrote down, where's Tugboat? Where is Tugboat? Because <laughs> when we had that the first time, you thought it was Tugboat. Oh, my God. I freaked out. I remember that now. I thought it was Tugboat because I, I wanted Tugboat to... Give a little toot, and I was like, "Oh fuck, he's not hit. He's out." Um, <laughs> uh, what else do I have here? Let's see. Oh, so yes, do you think? Because Tenru was there in '93 in the Royal Rumble. Was his? Because I don't remember him on their regular programming. So, what? What do you think happened there? Like within the year. Do you think they just bought him back? Do you think he was under contract and he was injured for some reason? I, I would say they just brought him back. Yeah, because I think um, they were doing WWF at the time was doing uh, shows with SWS in Japan, and Tenru was a part of that. Mm. Okay, so he wasn't injured then. All right. Uh, Brian, do you have eight? Oh, no, go ahead, Bill. Sorry. No, I was gonna say real quick. I just want to point out with Tatanka you because we mentioned how nobody came out to help Undertaker when Tatanka comes out he's got this war paint on you had time to put on your war paint but you couldn't go out and help the Undertaker look he already wrestled once Bill I don't care he had the first match he had an hour plus he was taking a nap so that he can be ready for this match. Wait, was he was he taking his nap Indian style? Oh, that's so wrong. <laughs> I can't say that anymore. It's now crisscross applesauce. What the hell are you talking about? You know how you you know when you were a kid, you'd sit Indian style. Yes. It's now called crisscross applesauce. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. I'm tempted to start singing crisscross will make you jump. Yes, and then transition it to whoop. There it is. Whoop. There it is. Oh, so nice. What a what a great moment that just was. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh God. I'm how glad got, this is the last countdown here. How we got to Mo from there. And this is our last group of five. 26, Rick Martell. 27, Bret Hart. 28, Fatu. 29, Marty Jannetty. And 30, Adam Bomb. And leading into our final four segment, I have eliminated for this segment, Crush, Valentine, Martell, Bomb, Tatanka, Bigelow, Jannetty, and Tenru. And we... Oh, I'm sorry. And, what a... What a moment. Mo. <laughs> I was going to let, I almost let Mo get into the final four. Make <laughs> That's what they should have done. I know. Because we'll talk about maybe someone who shouldn't be one of those final four. Oh, God. Uh, 
Okay, and Mo for his moment of the night. Um, Brian, let's start this segment out with you. With you, uh, just anything before the final four touch upon. Michaels and Janetti fight again, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking since if they're a team, they were a team then that was popular. Why not bring Tito Santana back? Because he had. A- oh, here we go. Here we go. Because my first note is Martel doesn't have to deal with Santana bullshit. <laughs> Bill, did you just slam your headset down in anger? I don't even have a headset. Oh, I heard some cr- crunching. That's thought- my phone. I kind of oh. slipped out of my off my desk and crashed. That's all right, no, because I, th- I thought Bill was just being angry about reminiscing <laughs> about Martel and Santana. <laughs> no, because Bill always complains. He's like, why are they still fighting? And I'm like, Bill, they should fight forever. <laughs> Every, they should bring them back for the next Royal Rumble in real time. Mm. Uh, I, well, well, I know Santana is an active wrestler, so somehow. And is Martel? I don't think so. No. no. I mean, all you have to do is get tired. tossed It's going to be a couple of punches, and then he could just get tossed over the top rope. In a very light fashion. That'll suffice. If they do another Greatest Royal Rumble, do that. Um, okay. Uh, Brian, what else do you have before I give my notes on this segment? Okay. Big, huge pop for Bret Hart. I, yes. But by this point, I was back at home. I was in bed when this happened. <laughs> I just learned from people that Bret Hart came out. And I'm like, he did? I missed it? Oh, dang. Damn it. I'm like, I missed seeing Bret Hart come out. wonder what your reaction was to the ending. We'll get there. Oh, yeah. I'll save that for when we get to that. All right. I have here, just like Brian, people pop hard for Bret, and he's selling like a champ. Oh, God, yeah. Then I also have that... Okay, at one point, Adam Bomb is eliminated. And after he's eliminated, he punches Luger for no reason and then walks away. Uh, and then also I have written down here, Tenru is a terrible hired gun. He should constantly only attack Luger. He was hired specifically to do that. He was brought into this match for that one purpose. So, Bill, with that in mind, what do you have? Um, I had at one point I wrote down there were a lot of chops. Tenru was involved. I don't. It might have. I don't remember who the other person was, but there was a lot of chops there. Um. Afa, I think, is acting proud of Fatu for being number 28. Because, like, when Samu comes out, he's, like, grabbing him by his yeah, hair and yeah. he's walking him. And here and here he's like, good Fatu. That's a good Fatu. <laughs> um, then I wrote, how's Mo still in it? How's Sparky still in it? And then, just to do this because you did it with Butch, I wrote, let's go Mo." another moment on the show. I know. <laughs> and then what seems to be a, a a theme with the last several episodes, Jim, we have done, we have a wrestler getting compared to an animal. Really? really? I must miss this. So 
for those who have missed, Jim Ross called Big Show an ape. Yes, that's right. Tensai got called a moose. In this one, Vince McMahon says that Shawn Michaels is hanging on the ropes like an orangutan. Oh my god. I I mean he's not wrong. Yeah, I guess he's not. What else do you have? Um after Bigelow eliminates Tatanka, he's just out of it. Mm-hmm. He, I, he's actually the Iron Man of this match, looking at the times here. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote Tenru's in the final five. How, how did that happen? Life's greatest mystery. <laughs> Call unsolved mysteries. <coughs> um, excuse me. So, what... what... <laughs> I, I like that you're surprised by Tenru, yet you don't give a mention to the final four, which I'm going to get to right now. Yeah, I was saving up for that. So it's Luger versus Hart versus Michaels versus Fatu. And that's you don't find it more unbelievable that Fatu is one of the final four? Well, that's my next note. How did Fatu get this far? Yeah. Yeah. Someone's moment was stolen by Fatou. <laughs> Not my fault Mo got eliminated by Fatou. So, uh, yeah, at one point they just start, I think the announcers start going over like that Fatou has the best chance because he's the latest one to enter. <laughs> If, I, if I'm not mistaken, or so maybe a deal into it. Yeah, he, he is the latest. Yeah. So, yeah, Fatu could go to WrestleMania. Yeah, because we all wanted that Fatu-Yokozuna title match. <laughs> After Fatu helped Yokozuna retain it. Yeah, exactly. It was a master plan. Oh, my God. What a, what a master plan by Fatu. He, figured, he, he had to figure it all out. <laughs> it wasn't for that lousy Bret Hart. He's, he's probably like, Samu's stupid. He's not going <laughs> to do anything. I'm going to go and win this, and I'm going to beat Yokozuna. I'm going to headline the garden. <laughs> Luger does a great clothesline of Fatu, though. Maybe that's more yeah. into uh, Fatu's spinning around and selling it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was a good whoop, sell. Whoop, boom. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, so then, like I mentioned, that lousy Bret Hart eliminates Fatu and, and thwarts his, thwarts his master plan. And then, good. Yeah, Luger eliminates Michaels at just about the same time. Right, yeah. So now we're down to Luger and Bret. They throw each other out. But I have down here. Uh, and then, Bill, why don't you get... Talk about how much time they wasted on getting to the point on this at this point. Okay. Getting to declaring the winner. So I wrote down as my notes: everybody is out, nobody wins. Basically saying, jokingly, that no wrestler deserves the title shot. So that was just a joke. So the refs are having this meeting, and they're trying to figure out who won. They're doing this in front of the thing. So, at one point, Vince is like, okay, let's go to our ring announcer for the decision. And the camera is still on the referee, still talking. 
which makes no sense. <laughs> so, so then, you know, Fink does the winner of the 1994 Royal Rumble. And they play Lex's music, which I was pumped for because I wanted Lex to win this. So then they stop the music and they're still discussing. And now we get the Fink again. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the 1994 Royal Rumble. And Brett's music plays, and the pop is loud for Brett. <laughs> and then the music stops again. So at this point, the Revs are about to fight. They're, it looks like they're about to fight each other <laughs> over who won this. Then we get Jack Tunney to come out. And I think, and correct me, Jim, if I'm wrong on this, with the exception of 92, this is the only other Rumble where Jack Tunney actually appears in the arena. Yes, I'm pretty sure about that. Yeah, because even, not even last the year before, because remember the year before it was friggin' Cleopatra and someone else. Right, it's Caesar. 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 Hey, yeah, yeah, you, you, you would think that would be the name that I remembered for some reason. That was Cleopatra and not Caesar. <laughs> Cleopatra and somebody else. <laughs> um, okay. So then we get these replays. We get like three replays of who went, you know, who went over the top, who got eliminated. First one, you can't really tell. Second one is a worse angle. Because this is from where they are basically eliminated just about. And then there's a third angle, and you still can't figure it out. So, then, Fink is going to announce the winner, and then he stops. And it's like, come on! You know, just tell us! So then after we get another replay, (laughs) the Fink... Gets on the mic, and he says, Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the 1994 Royal Rumble, dot, 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 the winners <laughs> are Lex Luger and Brett Hitman Hart. And it ends in a tie. Now, I want to transition this to Brian, because Brian... I mean, I'm sure you were surprised, and you mentioned earlier, surprised that Bret Hart made it in the Rumble. Mm-hmm. Were you more surprised at that, or more surprised that, oh, by the way, the Royal Rumble had two winners? Um, I thought it was surprising, but I'm like, well, how did you find out that? Because you said you had already left. So what actually happened? If you can remember, like, did someone call you, or did you call? Me? Okay, let's see. I saw it on WBF Superstars or Raw. I'm not sure which one. And I just I just looked puzzled, but then I'm like, well, two heroes against one villain, that's going to be something. I thought they were going to do a triple threat, but then now I realize they didn't do triple threats back then. Right. So it was sort of surprising. Like, I didn't know what to make of it. Uh, Bill, so my question to you here is, do you, well, let me, for the purposes of this podcast, 
And again, again, the Valuation Podcast, um, looking at the inconsistency of rules in the Royal Rumble, within one year of them saying, here's what we're doing, the winner is going to get a shot at WrestleMania, they're already messing messing around with that formula. Mm -hmm. They've already, once again, dismissed one of the rules that they just made the year previously. Your thoughts on maybe why they would have done this? Wow. The only thing that I could think of as to why they did this was because they had two top baby faces at this time. And they didn't want to push one of them out of the title match, if you understand where I'm coming from with this. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, well, Brett's been really good this past year. He's been consistent. He's been loyal. And he has a huge fan base. But uh, we've been pushing Lex... You know, since the summer, and we don't want to deny him his opportunity, you know, to get a title match. So basically, they sort of shot themselves in the foot with this ending, if you think about it. Mm -hmm. When you hesitated, it was like, like, when you were saying, saying, uh, uh, I can't can't really really give it to... You know, you can't you can't forget about Luger. I'm here in my head here in my head thinking Is it because they still want to use the bus? Is that what it is? Maybe. I don't know. Um here's my theory on it, and I didn't really think about this until you read the Meltzer thing from earlier in this episode. I my theory with this now, now, now again, if again, the, the, I actually I didn't, didn't have this have going this into this recording. This theory came from your Meltzer reading. The company at this point was clearly looking for different ways to raise money that maybe they didn't raise before. Like we mentioned, the hotline was the big thing. Could this have been because... They would they push, people push people to buy the, buy the replay. replay. Because, because let's take let's a Brian, Brian who hasn't seen it. it. You know, didn't, didn't see the see ending because he had left earlier, whatnot. whatnot. Maybe, maybe he's considering, considering like, like, oh, maybe, oh, maybe I maybe should watch, watch this, this and, and I'll make I'll my determination on who's go who actually really won. Right. Well, I didn't really buy the replay. No, no, I, I, I didn't say, you, I'm sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to, I'm just saying it's an example as the person that didn't okay. see the ending. Like, it, for another person, it might wind up, they might think like that. You know, where, oh, I gotta see this replay. I gotta see how in the world this happened. That's my theory, and I, I want to know what you guys think, if I'm being a little far-fetched with that, or you think that's actually in the realm of possibility. That's in the realm. Yeah, yeah, I say realm as well. Because nowadays, you know, or or actually, let me take that back. After that, there really aren't too many moments 
And I'm going to include WCW in this as well, where something happened and it's like, you got to get the replay to see this, with the exception of a few moments here and there. And this might be the first great example of, hey, you should get the replay so you could see what happened and you decide who won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, this is, again, yeah, obviously, obviously before, before, you know, you, you would know, see people really analyze things on YouTube and stuff like that. Like, you'd never be able to pull this off today. No. No, 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 no. People pick apart it on social media, meaning, like, you know, someone uses their fancy um, video editing programs to, like, really see what happened and... You know, all this stuff that I'm not going to get into because I don't know much about it. But it's it's interesting. That was my theory. Now, I want to mention, because I had said during the show, um, there are some stories about this event in particular that I've found over the last several years that I find very interesting. And the first one I want to mention real quick is The Undertaker. The, the, the part where he ascends to heaven, quote-unquote. Yeah, yeah. Um... I didn't realize it till about last year. That was Marty Jannetty as the Undertaker going <laughs> to heaven. <laughs> so that was well, okay, so at least Jannetty has a somewhat excuse for not helping Undertaker. But here's the other one. This is the weird one. I I wanna say this is false, but you know, you could go by whoever said it here. If Ludwig Borga had been healthy, he would have won the Royal Rumble match. I don't know and, if I can... Okay, go ahead, sorry. And, to make this even more bizarre, he would have beaten The Undertaker for the title at WrestleMania. So Undertaker would have won the title, would have fought Borga, and Borga would have ended the streak before the streak ever even had a chance. Hmm. The thing is, though... I feel like the reason I had heard that The Undertaker went to heaven during the show was because he wanted some time off. Which, yeah. Which, because he does, he's not at WrestleMania, he doesn't come back till SummerSlam when he fights himself. Um, uh, so, I imagine that he would, regardless, even if he, he would still want the time off, and more than likely... The company would be like, well, then we're not going to put the belt on him if he's going to take time off. And I just feel like that negates it. I'm going to say that's, I don't think that's true. Brian, where do you stand? Okay, I thought, I think, well, with regards to Undertaker, I think he was taking time off to, do, you know, recover some injuries. As for Ludwig Borga winning, I never really saw that happening. I mean, I, I watched him, and I never really got into him as a villain. It just wasn't that interesting. So, him winning just wasn't in the cards. Yeah, because I remember reading that, and I'm like, wow, that would have made no sense whatsoever. Well, at this point, WWF was not doing so well. Yeah. Right, hence my theory about the replays and and the foot, you know, the the hotlines or whatnot. Uh, okay, so now we go to the final segment before our final plugs. Bill, did the winners get their title shot? And it certainly can't be much worse than our last episode, which poor Sheamus 
being opening match. Right. Well, they both would get their title shot. So how this happened, how this was determined, was by a coin toss. So there were two situations. If Bret Hart had won the coin toss and he had gotten the first shot at Yokozuna, then Lex Luger would have, and these are Jack Tunney's words, not my words, would have had a suitable opponent for WrestleMania, which would have been Crush. <clears throat> really? I well, do remember that, actually. Yeah. However, we're going to go to what did happen. Lex Luger won the coin toss. He got the first shot at Yokozuna in the title. So, Bret Hart then would get suitable competition, which happened to be his, his brother. brother, Owen Hart. Exactly. So, Lex Luger gets his first or gets the first shot. This was the sixth match out of nine, so it's close to the end. He loses by disqualification. There was a guest referee. Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. And then Bret Hart would have the last match against Yokozuna. Roddy Piper was the guest referee. And Bret Hart defeated Yokozuna to become the WWF champion. My one question with this, and I don't know if you have this in front of you. The episode of Raw when they do the coin toss. Is it live or is it taped? Ooh, that's a good question. Because I wonder, like, if it was live, if they got lucky, or if, let's say, Luger did, uh, or Bret Hart won the coin to us, would we have not gotten, or at least at WrestleMania, Bret Hart versus Owen Hart? That is a very good question. I'm checking that right now. While you check that, Brian, what are your thoughts on how they handled the co-winner situation? Well, well. At this point, I didn't see WrestleMania 10, and when it made sense, I thought it made sense. And I just like whoever wins, as long as long as as Yokozuna is not champion anymore, I will support whoever. And I was very excited about that Owen Hart, but I didn't see that pay. I didn't see the pay per view. So, right, right, right. Um. That was a live episode. It's crazy. I wonder if it can deep flip on the run. Because I remember <clears throat> they do show a picture of the coin because it goes on the floor. Mm-hmm. It really makes me wonder if if it landed the other way, if things would have been that different. Like with, because yeah. like I said, now you got Luger and uh, and Crush. Because definitely remember that being that option. So. Well, I'm again, glad again. we didn't have that match. Well, again, again, so, so both of them both still of them did better than Sheamus. I think Sheamus is... Is he the lowest one that, like, that's the one to beat on how you're treated at WrestleMania as the Royal Rumble winner? At this point, I would say yes. Right. Because if we went overall, it's probably it's probably stud. But, but that was before it was... A uh, winner gets a shot at WrestleMania right. main event or whatnot. <laughs> All right. 
let's uh, let's start heading out of here while we get some final plugs. Um, Brian, where can people find you if you're doing anything or whatnot? Uh, I can be found on Facebook, and I have I am also the Nostalgia Crew Librarian, as Bill can testify. I also run a site called And the Beat Goes On, which you can find on Facebook, where we talk about music and such. I'm also running a fantasy wrestling league called Hybrid Classic Wrestling. And I actually just worked on some uh, matches, so I'll be sending them to that wrestling show for Bill to review. <laughs> I don't know if it can ever top Kamala and Dutch Mantel. I don't think so, but... <laughs> No, Jim, I'll send you the video when we're done. It is the funniest match. It's great. All right, where was it? Where was it? Wait, what? Well, it's on YouTube. No, this was a match that Brian filmed. Oh. And there was one point. From a video game. Yeah, from a video game. Where, and I kid you not, Dutch Mantel hits a moonsault on Kamala through the announcement. Oh, what a guy. What a great athlete, Dutch Mantel. I know. Can we can we get Mo in there? You <laughs> can try. I don't know. I I will tell you what, guys. I did not think that I would be going into this recording that I, by the end of it I would be so into Mo from then on a mission. I know. No way I could have predicted that. Um, you know, for me, of course, it's uh that's podcasting.com. That's podcasting on Twitter and Instagram. And I do want to mention um that. We are the next open call that we're going to do on social media is going to be on what I consider the biggest wrestling day of the entire year, the day of double or nothing. So that's Saturday, which I believe is the 25th of May. Is that correct? Yes. So that's going to be our next open call. So then anyone around there, anyone around can answer it and you'll be considered to be a guest on the show. Um, Jay, who did 2013 with us, was uh, the first person that was part of the show that was from the open call. Um, so if you want to listen back to that one. All right, Bill, what about you? All right. Um, well, you can follow me on Twitter at House of Bill. Uh, I do have an Instagram as well. I don't plug it that much, but you can follow me there at Mr. Billiam. Um, <laughs> I know, wonderful name. Um, <laughs> and check out, it's a lovely uh, that, lovely uh, check out uh, that wrestling show, which you guys can hear each and every Friday. And like Brian mentioned, you can check out Nostalgia Crew, a monthly podcast where myself and Danielle, we talk about all things nostalgia-related. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, send an email, eliminated3088 at gmail.com. That's eliminated3088 at gmail.com. You can email us about this Royal Rumble or past Royal Rumbles we have discussed in the past. On our next episode, we're going to go a little bit forward, not too forward in time, as we are going to discuss the 1998 Royal Rumble match. That I watched. That's a fun one. I'm going to tell you right now, that is a fun one. I mean, you know, uh, the only thing I will say about it right now is I went in there not really... I was like, I remember it, but I don't remember there being anything special about it, and I think I I was proven wrong, so we'll talk about that in the next episode. Yep. 
So thank you guys for tuning in to this episode and the 1994 Royal Rumble with no tie has been eliminated. <laughs>